Hello, this is today to speak with Daniel Hawkins, who is the CEO of Availmed Systems, about some of the challenges that the company has faced, but also success stories and what we can expect to hear from him from Advanet. And we'll also get a little bit personal. Thank you, Daniel, for making yourself available today. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely, Marion. Great to chat with you again. And I look forward to... Uh An interesting conversation. Yes. So as you know, the theme of our conversation today is to get personal. So I'm going to jump right into it. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about how your upbringing has shaped your career? My father is a uh, primary care physician. And right out of medical school, he hung a shingle. And as it turned out, uh, he hung two of them. And one of those shingles was on the first floor of the home that I grew up in for the first five or six years of life, if you will. So I, I still, I'll say fuzzy memory at this point, but I still have memory of, you know, during the lunch hour running downstairs and seeing him at work and after work him coming upstairs and learning how the day went. He developed a practice around family medicine for uh, DPA or Department of Public Assistance, the precursor to Medicare, Medicaid, if you will, uh, DPA related patients. And as you might anticipate, there's an extraordinary volume of patients that would end up going through a clinic of that nature. And I used to track the numbers and I remember the 80s and the 90s that might go through. So that environment for me was, it was, it was home, if you will, um, quite literally in that sense. But over the years, I developed an increasing appreciation of the reach and impact that medicine could have. Um, I found myself attracted to things that were scientific. I also found myself attracted to things that were entrepreneurial. Um, hanging your own shingle out of medical school takes some chutzpah. There's some risk there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found myself interested in things that were disruptive, things that were a little bit different from the normal grain of things, things that enabled uh, one to manage one's own destiny, if you will. So uh, even as a young preteen, I found myself doing things in an entrepreneurial way. I'll give you a a very brief example, uh, and then we can go on from there. But one of the chores that I had with my older brother was to trim holly trees. And for those familiar on the, in the East, you'll see these. But it's that classic uh, pointy-leafed Christmas decoration, if you will, that's dark green and has red berries on it. I used to have to trim those with my brother, and the trees were getting quite tall. So we had these long sticks with knives on the end of the chain. And it would create this huge pile of clippings that we'd have to then drag into the woods. And one could imagine how how great that felt as a 11 or a 12-year-old dragging (laughs) in thorny leaves into the woods. Around that same time period, there was a um, there's a market I recall we used to go to a lot. And my mom piled us in the back of the town and country station wagon. And we went to the market. And I realized that outside the market, they're actually selling those very same holly branches. Mm Mm-hmm. And they were a couple bucks a bunch. And I thought, wait a minute. I could do Girl Scout cookie style door to door sales of the trimmings from the trees that were my chores. And lo and behold, it turned into a heck of a little business. Um, making north of a thousand dollars. I'm in my mid fifties. So making north of a thousand dollars at age 12. Wow. Doing that, which was, I mean, that's large dollars for any 12 year old, but certainly back, back then I was hooked. That was it. No, so you have a very long history, obviously, as an entrepreneur. Yes. 
Exactly. Starting with thousands of dollars at age 12. I'm very impressed. But tell us a little bit more of, you you are obviously a MedTech veteran and without getting into too much details of the other companies, you've been the CEO of Avail MedSystems now since 2017. So tell us a Mm -hmm. little bit about Avail. How was the company started? Just very briefly. Terrific. So uh, Avail is, in many respects, a culmination of 25 prior years of MedTech, starting a large company. So it's number six at Intuitive Surgical. I got involved in early-stage startups founded by other people. Then I was asked to join some folks to found companies and did one in the insulin delivery space. Then I was the founder, a primary inventor and founder of Shockwave Medical. I left Shockwave in 2017 because of the preceding 25 years, I recognized a structural problem. And that structural problem was that MedTech had by requirement to conduct its work from product design through to clinical trials, market release, training, and ultimately customer support, a requirement to physically be in the procedure run. But structurally, the number of procedure runs and the complexity of technology was getting so high that that posed immediate structural problems. Avail has developed a piece of hardware that we own and do not charge for, but place into procedure rooms, and then um, a paired software, if you will, um, that works only on our system, and our system only works with that software, that therefore enables that combined uh, software hardware set to develop an ecosystem where somebody outside of a procedure room can get into a procedure room virtually, nominally through what you can call as telepresence. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, we're, pro- we're providing a structural release valve for what is the med tech industry's, in my view, leading problem, and that is managing growth and product innovation in a world where resources, the key resource being people, is limited. But the number of opportunities, the number of sites of service, um, and the technical complexity of technology is going up. And in that environment, if you have the same number of people and you haven't structurally changed how you're doing those things, the industry has a problem. And that's what I identified in 2017. And uh, Avail has been uh, has been launched and built in order to solve that exact problem. You were kind of ahead of the pandemic in terms of doing things remotely. So I wanted to see how has the pandemic affected your business and the overall work culture and your own priorities in life? Sure. So the pandemic, no doubt, was an absolute accelerator into the awareness, acceptability, and what has evolved into the necessity to be able to access healthcare facilities remotely. Of course, it started off with telemedicine. I'm a patient. I need to see my doctor. I can't get into the hospital because of COVID, so therefore I can use a digital mechanism in order to do that. Then it branched further, and we are essentially what one can think of as procedural telemedicine, and that is enabling industry to leverage technology into the operating room. There was a time period during the pandemic where hospitals shut out med tech companies. They couldn't get in. That's right about when we were ready to launch a couple of months prior. That explosion of activity for us turned into extremely high structural growth for us. When I say structural, we needed to go from a couple of handfuls of employees to nearly 100 and at this point we're about 125. And in doing so, develop the infrastructure to 
enable uh, management of customer relationships with 52 medical device companies. And we've gone from no uh, provider facilities under contract to well over a 1,000 under contract with hundreds of our units placed. Uh, the pandemic forced awareness and review of technologies and forced the strategic thinking around how to, to use and leverage remote technologies. So from our perspective, I would describe it as a, a catalyst of acceleration around a problem that has existed structurally for decades. So pandemic in a, in a way has allowed you to scale your business, but at the same time, you, you also, I would think, face challenges in-house, right, in making this work. Yes. So can you talk yeah. about these challenges and what you've learned? Absolutely pose challenges. I built most of my senior executive team on Zoom. I didn't actually meet them live until months and months and months later. That's a challenge, to say the least. Having uh, done this a couple of times, I'm used to an environment where you are meeting people over an extended period. You have a chance to interact with them in, in professional and, and I'll describe this professional social kinds of ways. Uh, as you develop that relationship that leads to the, the foundation of trust that one needs in working together with, with any senior leader. That needed to change in order to, that process needed to change in order to build the team I needed uh, due to the acceleration uh, from the pandemic activities and just broadly speaking during the pandemic. There's only one category of folks that we had a, a hard and fast rule that we needed to have some type of in-person in the way we did this was we met at airports or in hotel lobbies and stood 10 feet away and mm. conducted an interview with salespeople and field technical support staff and did that from 10 feet away, wearing masks. There are material challenges. Now, for the first time in my career, I'm managing a company that is inherently internally tech. Our engineering team is Silicon Valley you know, graduates, if you will, folks that came to us from... Google and Netflix, Amazon, Facebook, you know, that sort of thing. And they've developed an interest in their words, uh, my sentiment, but their words, uh, ways to improve humanity using the tech that they know. Mm-hmm. So there's a really extraordinarily capable um, and effective group of men and women that together have created just world-class tech for us. Uh, rock solid, zero latency, enabling the collaborations that our technology platform is built to enable. Uh, these men and women have really just done an extraordinary job and they, they uh, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but I've, I've spoken to quite a few of shared sentiments of this has more meaning than anything I've done in my career. So I would say that there's really, there's a plus minus on the pandemic with respect to management mm-hmm. um, of staffs. And, and on the plus side, it had, uh, it had caused really extraordinary engineering talent to recognize that their tech capabilities can be used in healthcare, and we've been able to attract some really phenomenal people, up to and including our CTO, who came to us from TiVo. The new name for the company is Xperia, but the uh, you know came to us from TiVo, and the you know television related yeah. company. That's that's an extraordinary thing when one thinks about. It. So you mentioned that your engineering teams are Silicon Valley graduates. So are most of them located in Silicon Valley? And then in the spirit of tech innovation, do they work from home or are 
Are they working at a headquarters? You know, what is your philosophy so on that? We've got the majority are, in fact, uh, Silicon Valley based. We do have folks that are in South America. We have some that are in India. And my philosophy on in-office versus remote is do what's best to get the job done. If you need to be in the office, got to be in the office. Um, and, you know, I let my my CTO, James Domi, manage all of that. And he had set some levels of expectations. But really, there is quite a bit of remote work. While at the same time, and that's the natural, if you will, Silicon Valley way, there's always been some measure of remote work. I'd say we have quite a bit of remote work, uh, but we also have a lot of in-person collaboration that ends up being necessary because of the layers of our technology and the criticality of them working well together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really do uh, we really do both. Philosophically, for me, I I just care that the technology and the people who are creating the technology reach their highest and greatest uh, potential and opportunity. And to date, I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. So with regards to bringing your technology into hospitals and health systems, now that hospitals are open again and procedures are taking place, how has that affected your business and how do you see that moving forward? The the pandemic was an accelerator to awareness, as I described, acceptability and recognition of need. It wasn't the reason. I started the company in 2017 because there's structural issues in healthcare. In, uh, I'll describe it as procedural healthcare in medtech. Those structural issues are the exact same today as they were in 2017. And those issues are there's not enough people to be in all of the locations to optimize the operations of MedTech um, because, candidly, you can't have that many people in the company and be profitable. And for many procedure categories, there's no way you can get to every procedure you need to on time. Mm-hmm. So you end up not being able to be there. Now, having said all of the above, uh, in terms of existing technologies in the market, depending on the type of procedure, you might only need to be in one of 20 procedures, right, 5%. There are other procedure categories where there's better be a sales rep or a clinical specialist in 100% of procedures. So it ranges. Absolutely, it's a wide range, and it depends on the technology and the clinical specialty and the site of service being acute care versus the ambulatory surgery center. The acuity of the procedures, there's lots of factors. Um, with the with the pandemic pressure on access into procedure rooms nominally disappearing, what we have noticed in, in our uh, business is a is, is a shift, frankly. And I don't think it was caused by that, but I think it's coincidental um, that there's a shift in the business from, hey, you know what? This is really cool, Daniel, and I love this technology because Sally and Bob can cover two extra cases a month using the technology, so I really kind of like that. It's shifted from that for, in particular, a handful of manufacturers to a recognition of we as an organization can structurally change our business models, how we service customers, how we innovate products, how we enroll clinical studies, how we train our own staff the hospital staff, how we support not just the surgeon or the operator, but the support staff, the technicians, the circulating nurses, the, te- the, the scrub nurses, how we support our customers by leveraging remote. There's a handful of the 50-plus manufacturers on our platform that have rec- recognized that in a structural way and recognize that that is approaching a strategic imperative that they have that technology in place. Those same manufacturers, and I'm not at liberty to name them, uh, were under confidentiality with the 
they have come to us asking for uh, or recognizing that there's strategic value in having access to to their customers remotely. Mm-hmm. They're coming to us for whole specialty exclusives where other manufacturers would not be able to use our platform in that location. Or other versions of that where they'll say, we have common spirit under an MSA. They might say, I want all of common spirit for every specialty that is in my product portfolio. Yeah. Or all of this IDN or that group of, of ASCs for every specialty in our product portfolio. We're getting both versions of that coming to us because there's a shift in recognition during the pandemic, tail end of the pandemic, and very much so right now. Thank you for that. I want to shift the focus back to you, though. So mm-hmm. how has the pandemic changed your own priorities? Has it changed your priorities? And I understand that you are quite the culinary expert so maybe you've been cooking a little bit more than before. Why don't you tell our listeners about that? So um, so I found myself during the pandemic doing an extraordinary amount of cooking. So I, I was actually in an environment, you know, with uh, pre-pandemic where between where I lived and where Avail was, I'd be in the car nearly three hours a day. That's just an extraordinary waste of time at one level, but necessary on another level because I'd have to, I'd have, you know, need to physically be there to interact with, with my folks, which is ironic. Because we're 